Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the official Knox Pride podcast. Hi, James. How are you, Matt? I am doing lovely. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. We we act like we don't see each other every day, but... <laughs> it's But it's literally every it's day. It's good to see you with headphones and a microphone in front of your face. I totally agree. It's so refreshing to see you like this. So we have been getting some feedback from you guys, which we really enjoy. Um, we got a really sweet little comment from a listener today. It was absolutely precious. It, yes. Um, I'm not going to read it out loud, but it is. If you check out our um, reviews, it, it's on there. But um, we would love for you guys to rate and review wherever you're listening. And we would love feedback from you guys. We've always said that we really want this to be a very listener-driven experience. So if you guys have any ideas on guests or content or anything... We'd love that. Just let us know. I think maybe we should do something one time where we like put up a poll, maybe like a week or so before we record, and then just we'll just start asking people a bunch of random questions. Like, do you prefer old school Dunkaroos? Or do you like the new Dunkaroo? Oh, uh, would Dunkaroos. you do you prefer <laughs> your like what is your preferred like we were talking about earlier? What is your preferred cake? Like what type of cake do you like? Oh yeah, I like that. And we can have like a whole a whole thing going on it, you know? I Love think... it. Love it. So how's your week been? It's been pretty good. We just got back from Mexico. Mexico. We, we went to Puerto Morales for our honeymoon and it was beautiful. Um I loved all the pictures. Something that I've only recently learned about myself is that I absolutely love watching or looking at things from my friends' vacations. Yeah. I love it. Show me all your vacation photos. Now, you told me before I left to send me, to send you photos of our food. And every single time, <laughs> I made I made it a point. I would tell John and Dustin, I said, do not touch your food until I take a photo. Because James has to see this. I and love so that. I made, I made it happen. I love that. And then last night, we went to see The Little Mermaid. And it was so good. I loved it so much. I loved it. Absolutely every bit of it. I think that the new stuff that they added, the new songs that Lin-Manuel, Manuel, I can't ever say his name because I always get twisted on it. Manuel? Ma Lin-Manuel Miranda? Okay. Is that, how you, is that right? Okay. It's such a tongue twister, but I love the new songs that they added. I loved some of the new plot points that they added to it. I think that Haley Berry, is that her name? Is that right? Yeah, Haley yeah, Berry. Yeah. I think that she was perfect. Absolutely. It was great. You should go see it. I Bailey. Bailey. Bailey, excuse me. Thank us. you, JD. Sorry. Thank, he's always he's I was always I keep getting out. Halle Berry. <laughs> Haley. <laughs> I get them confused, but it's so good. I recommend it. I've not really been interested in any of the other live action Disney remakes, but I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. You know, Little Mermaid was my favorite Disney movie growing up, like as a kid, like my absolute favorite ever. I would say that my favorite Disney princess is Ariel, but it is not my favorite Disney movie. Aladdin was the one for me. Okay. That was like... So much adventure. I wanted to climb ladders like him. I wanted to. I wanted the to, magic carpet. All of it. Yeah. Um, Did but, you ever watch the new one? The new Aladdin. Yeah, like the remake. Um, no, because I am not a fan of Will Smith. Really? Yeah. Not. I don't dislike him as much as I like Tom Hanks or dislike Tom Hanks. But I'm not. I'm not a big Will Smith fan. After we record this, I, w I want you to give me 
the lowdown of why you don't like Tom Hanks. Oh, so I much. just don't. I think that he's hiding a really big secret and okay. it's going to come out. And it's good that we're talking about it because I want to be able to play this back in the future when and be like, I was right. Yes, I was right. Actually, you know, I, th- I think you did tell me the story about this, but we can't talk about it on here. But we I think you've, we've talked about it before. We so. have talked about this before. So it just hit me. So as you may know, as this episode comes out, um, it comes out on June the 1st. The next day, I believe. No, I'm sorry. On Yeah, on Friday. Knox Pride is going to be at the Knoxville Zoo. And I am super excited because this is probably, besides actual Knox Pride Fest, this is my favorite event ever. And I cannot wait to see all these cute little animals. I'm excited too because I previously, this is the third year that that Knox Pride has done this. Right. This is the first year that I will be able to attend because I've always had something that conflicted with it. So. I'm really excited to go see all the animals, too. There used to be a monkey named Charlie that I really, really, really loved at the mm. Knoxville Zoo. I think that he's passed away. Aww. Um, But I'm still going to go to where he used to be and think about Charlie and how Aww, much I, I loved love him. I love that. I remember last year there was a homosexual couple of bird birds. I don't know what they were, but they were beautiful, and I absolutely loved it. Also, I heard that the food is bustin'. Is that what the kids say? Bussin'? Bussin'. It slaps. It has no slaps. caps. No, there aren't any caps there on is this no, food. There is no caps. It's all lowercase. Okay? But I think there are. There is a cap on the food because I don't think you can just go and eat all of the food. Like, I think you have to save some for other people. I mean, if you're paying for it, it should be like a thing, right? I guess that's true. I think last year I had a hot dog there. So super random. <laughs> but I remember having a hot dog. Just all, that's all you ate all night was a hot dog? <laughs> yeah, because we were so busy. Yeah. But if you all want more information, again, this comes out on the 1st, but the event is on the 2nd. You can visit KnoxPride.com uh, or you can visit it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, the link will be in the bios on how to get tickets. Well, we'll see you there. And I'm very excited. All right. It's time that we get into the main course of this episode We sat down and had a conversation with one of my very closest friends, Rhoda Derriere. And I'm super excited for you all to listen to this episode and get to know Rhoda like we know Rhoda. Rhoda, welcome to Knox Pride Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. So we generally start every interview with the same question we and our listeners would like to know where your queer journey began oh my goodness um you know i think this is gonna be an answer that i'm sure i am if i am the first person to say it i won't be the last but my queer journey definitely began on vh1 in the middle of the night watching rocky horror in middle school 100 percent. that's 100 percent where it began I don't think anybody said that yet, but that's the best answer they so will. far. They will say I that. I feel that in my heart. With the volume turned down because I thought my parents would be really mad to find out that I was watching it. It was lucky. My mom didn't care what I was watching, but I couldn't watch <laughs> The Simpsons for whatever reason. <laughs> I was also not allowed to watch The Simpsons. But you know, my queer first queer experience started with VH1. It was watching, um, I think it was 
Road Rules or like something like that. What was the other one? MTV. Real it, World. Real, real World. Real World on that's MTV. What, yeah. Like that's that's where I would get. Was it Eric Nice? No, that's too early. I can't for remember you. who it was, but it was like I don't know Johnny Bananas, maybe something like that. Oh. But like I was like, okay, I'm into this, and I was like, okay, I'm a young little queer boy now. That's how it started. Smoking in my pocket. Well, we all know for me it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. We talked about that before. <laughs> Have we? Yeah. He and Conan the Bar- Conan the Barbarian, and I was like, "Oh, when he punches the camel." Well, no, just when he's wearing a loincloth, <laughs> and oh. I just remember thinking, "I wonder what it would feel like to pinch his butt." He'll probably let you find out. Probably. I mean, for me, it would have been him punching the camel, I guess, instead of. No, well, everyone lo- loves a good cloth. camel punch. I mean, who doesn't? I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rhoda, we are both from small towns, actually pretty close to each other. Um, so what was it like for you growing up in a, in a small town? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because I don't think I, I really realized my queerness um, fully until I was in the, the last part of my senior year. I always knew that I was curious, but I tried to mask it because I was growing up in a small town, in addition to questioning my sexual orientation, I was also fat. So I spent a lot of my youth trying to hide from anything because yeah. my fatness was so obvious and you couldn't hide it. And I was bullied relentlessly because of it. The last thing I needed was somebody else making fun of me for being queer. Right. So um, it's funny because the high school that I went to right down the road from the high school that you went to right, um, has changed so much since then. And um, I think this is kind of just across the country. Uh, youth these days have a lot more freedoms than we did um, and a lot more acceptance. It's still, you know, a huge uphill battle, but I just... When I was in high school, I think there might have been two or three kids that were out. Yeah. You know? So um, it's just crazy to me how much things have changed in such a short period of time. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the kids now are more, I wouldn't maybe say tough. Like, they have more of, like, a thick skin on them back in the day. Like, I mean, same thing for me. When I was growing up at Loudoun, like, it was, I was fat and gay and one of the only outed people there. So, like, yeah, it was... It was rough, so I can understand why you would want to, like, not repress it, but, like, keep it to yourself for the time being, because why have another reason for someone to pick on you during your hardest times of school when you're trying to focus on just graduating? Exactly. High school is literally, like, just like the universe testing your limits so that... You can just go into actual life as strong as possible, I think. Everything like, is so much easier after high yeah, school. Yeah, it's, it's literally probably the worst four years of someone's life is high school, honestly. I want to take a minute to talk about your favorite television show and one of my favorite television shows, Survivor. Let's not talk about the current season because okay. they just they just announced the winner the other day and maybe mm-hmm. no one's found out. But first of all... Tell me, tell, well, I already know, tell our audience how you first came to love Survivor and your Survivor journey, I guess. Well, you know, it's funny because I remember watching the first, I was in high school when the first season came out and I remember watching it and thinking it was fabulous. 
Um, and then, of course, uh, the first season was also a, a queer man who won. And he basically created, his name was Richard Hatch. He basically created the game of Survivor. I think beyond anyone's wildest dreams, what production could have even hoped that it would become. His his biggest tactic was just remaining naked all the time so nobody would talk to him. People were so <laughs> uncomfortable with his nakedness. If he wanted to be alone on the beach, he would just go sit by the fire naked, you know? And I mean, it's smart. Yeah. It is. It except is. except if I were on there, I'd be like, hey, well, uh, what are you doing naked? <laughs> but, you know. But it was, it was great because we saw a... Um, there was a player at the time named Rudy who has since passed, um, but he was like in his 70s, I think, 60s or 70s when he first season of Survivor. Oh, wow. And he was like a, a veteran. And so, you know, from a different time period, and here he is uh, on this island with Richard Hatch. Um, and what happened was uh, a friendship. <laughs> but it was really... A strong friendship. It really an amazing, incredible thing to watch, the transformation. But, um, you know... I watched the first season when it came out, but I guess, James, we had probably been friends for maybe a year or so. And you were like, do you watch Survivor? And I was like, that show's still on. <laughs> and I feel like that's the response that most people have um, when you talk about Survivor. And I'm like, yes, very much so. 44 seasons. It's definitely still on. Um, and I think it was probably uh, mid-30s then. Mid th maybe 30-something seasons. Yeah. And you reintroduced me to survivor and um over the next year i watched every single season um, <laughs> i think it was probably they're at 44 now and mm -hmm. there's two a year so that it was probably in the like 35 36 seasons yeah. at that point and you watched every season every in one season year in one year and then i have watched every season of course since then and i'm on uh, different survivor forums and Facebook groups, and it's stupid, super stupid gross. <laughs> but I, lo I love Survivor. It's really good. Uh, again, people are like, Survivor? Are you kidding me? That's so unlike you because like, I'm, I'm not athletic. I definitely don't want to be marooned on a beach anywhere. But there's something about Survivor and the way it captures the human experience and the way that it, it is such a social game, um, the way that a lot of Reality shows and reality competitions kind of stray from. There's a lot of heavy editing and production involved. Um, but with Survivor, it really is kind of a... Castaways will tell you this. It's a what you see is what you get kind of scenario. Um, production is very much removed um, from messing with the game, uh, you know, per se. So um, I think it's super awesome to see how people are constantly having to come up with new ways to survive the game because what the last person's strategy was to win isn't going to work for the next person because yeah. people are going to be aware and they're yeah. looking for it. So. Well, and also, like, <clears throat> I think it's a testament to the show that the physical aspect of the game, the challenges, they've been the same for 44 seasons. They don't really change much. And they do introduce a couple new plot twists here and there each season. But the, the game itself is determined by the people who are playing it and how they decide to play it. And it's different every season because of that. And it's a good show. And this, is, this thing, is us telling you to watch yeah, 44 real, watch, seasons. Watch <laughs> and the other thing that's kind of interesting to me is that you might have a player who you see the whole time. One of my favorite Survivor players is Russell Hance, which is a very polarizing 
survivor player most people do not like him well but he's like i love he him. is a hero and a villain at the same time he is, he, is, <laughs> he is somebody else you know he came on in season 19 was his first season and he revolutionized the game um of survivor in a way that only richard hatch had done before so i'm a huge russell fan and a lot of people thought Oh, he can't win. He's terrible. He's awful. He's so vile. And I am cheering him on so hard. Like, yes, you are playing this game so hard. I want you to win. So it's so interesting um, to see just how different folks, you know, he can get to the end. But if everyone that's sitting on the jury hates him, nobody's going to vote for him. It doesn't matter how well of a game he had on paper. If you don't have the social aspect, you're dead in the water. I think that Russell was such a a good person to watch play because he already, he was already a millionaire. He already had, he wasn't playing it for the money at all. He's playing he it for was the title. hundred percent playing it for the title and for the love of the game, which I always really appreciated. He actually offered to give the sole survivor another million dollars if he could just have the title. And they were like, no. <laughs> That's wild. Not how that works. <laughs> Maybe Rhoda and I should have a survivor podcast. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think it's wild that there's, that many seasons. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. two every year. It's been on for 22 years. Wow. Like, do they do, like, because I've never watched it, so I have, like, no idea about this. Like, is it always at, like, the same place? It is now. It used to not be. They used to do Fiji, Cook Island. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, or both sort of Micronesia, but um, Borneo, all over the place on these uh, mostly South Pacific islands. However, now, since about the mid 30 seasons, they have um, an arrangement with Fiji, and they have permanent locations set up there. Mm. So it makes it a lot easier. And they actually film two seasons back-to-back. So they'll film one season. It's twenty. It used to be 39 days until the pandemic, and now it's only 26 days. They'll film 26 days, take a two-week break, and then film the next season. So oh, when wow. you see you know, your spring and your summer or your spring and your fall are actually recorded at the same time. Huh. They also, <clears throat> some uh, maybe like every... Three or four seasons, they have like an all stars, all stars kind of season, and there are several people who will be on a season and then they will turn right back around and and be on the next season. That's what Russell did. Yeah, Russell he did, did nineteen, that. and then he did twenty, and then you also have folks who have won multiple seasons of Survivor as well. There are two, two Tom. Matt ones. is aware of Cherie because we yes. watched um, Traders. Cherie, oh. I really enjoyed. I was about to bring that up because I loved her in Traitor, so I would like to actually watch. Yeah, we should watch. We should watch her second season, though, not her first season. I think she got eliminated pretty quickly in her first season, didn't I she? I think so, too. Uh, she's a survivor legend. Yes. Cherie is a- amazing. Uh, and she Sandra. A, <laughs> what's great about Cherie is Cherie was a couch potato. Relatable, right? Yeah. Um, and Suri would watch Survivor, and one day she said, "I'm going to try out for this show." And people were like, "You're never, you're never going to be able to make it." Um, and then she got there, and she she struggled, but she kept going. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny now because she it's, she spent so many days playing Survivor that she could just do it with her eyes closed, and she went from being a couch potato to be a Survivor legend, and I think that's pretty awesome. So was she on like? She was on, like, one original season, like, her introductory season. Mm-hmm. But, like, was she on, like, two All-Stars after that? I think she's been think on she three did. seasons. I think she had three seasons yeah. total. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do they ever do, like, a like a celebrity they, Survivor? They've never done an All-Celebrity, but sometimes they do have 
Mike White, yeah. who is the creator of White Lotus yeah. and also a writer for School of Rock and was yeah. in School of Rock. He was inspired by being on Survivor to, to write, write White, White Lotus. Lotus. Wow. Yeah. And then um, the, uh, what is her name? Her name just one, me. one of my favorites is Lisa Welch. Is that who you're talking about? Yes. So Lisa Blair Welch, Warner. who was Blair Warner on Facts of Life, went on the okay. show and she didn't tell anybody who she was and only one older, I say older, like in his 40s, probably my age, um, gay man recognized her and oh, no one else said it. And he said, they were in the water and he said, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I'm not going to tell anybody. And she, her, I loved watching her because she, one of the ways to get all the way to the end is to be a very paternal type person for yeah. all the other players. And she was very motherly and she played so well and she made it to the, she to the top to three. Yeah, yeah. She, she made, made it. Yeah. She didn't win. But. Um, but yeah, and they've had like uh baseball players and some football players. Football, so they, um, they occasionally, Olympics. yeah, they yeah. occasionally have famous people, but they've never had one. That's just like all famous people. They did do what season was the all winners. That was recently like 40. 40. It was all people who had already won. Oh, okay. They came back. I love that. And that's the most difficult thing. We literally have turned this into a Survivor podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the most difficult thing, I assume, is to go on for a second time because you can't go on a second time and play the same game you played the first time because everybody already saw you play that game. You'll immediately go home. So... Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of like the all winners. I feel like that stuff is fun. Now, yeah. if they would do like an all celebrity, I would love to see like Kim Kardashian out there, like on the beach, survival mode, like trying to make it. And then you have like, I don't know, is, is Tom Selleck still alive? <laughs> put him on there. I think he's still alive. Shout out um, to Tom Selleck. Well, anyway. We do have international versions. Which I'm, ju- I'm just going to shout out and say, I'm sorry, U.S. Survivor, but Australian Survivor is the best Survivor that there is. They go hard on Australian Survivor. I mean, I feel Very like they hard. have to. Like, they have spiders down there that are size of exactly. Volkswagen Beetles Ooh. out there. Like, that's crazy. I, uh, I always thought that if I, I would, I mean, I obviously would be terrible at the physical aspect of Survivor, but I would be really good, I think, at the like mental, the, the like gameplay, the like making friends, making allies. Like, I think that I would be really good at the social aspect of it. For so long, I'm like, I could never go on Survivor because obviously I can never do the physical aspect of it. But then I, I watch the show and I'm like, well, I wouldn't have to do the physical aspect. I would be the person at the end working the puzzle. Yeah. At the end of the challenge. That that would be my spot. Well, I'm not good at puzzles either, but I'm really good at making other people feel good about themselves. So, well, Like little side <laughs> note, this is com- another completely off topic, but I've seen something the other day on social media that have you ever seen The Circle? On Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yes. They are currently casting for, like, the third or fourth season now. And my first thought was, oh, my God, James should apply for that. For The Circle? Yeah. I've watched some of it. I watched the, like, chunk of episodes that um, two of the Spice Girls were on because I love the Spice Girls. Yeah, they did. It was um, Mel. It was Mel B and Emma. Is that Baby Spice? Baby yeah. Spice. Yeah, it was yeah. Mel B and Emma. And they, but like, have you seen The Circle? I saw a couple episodes of the first season. It didn't really grab me. It kind of gave, it's for the same reason that Big Brother doesn't grab me. Oh, yeah. So they played, but they played together. They were in the same apartment and they were like coming up with 
what oh, to say cool. to everybody else. That's yeah, amazing. it was it was pretty great. But yeah, anyways, I seen that and I was like, James would be perfect for that. So I'm I'm gonna email you the application. And well, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening to our episode about reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. <laughs> and uh, the next episode, we'll do reality TV from the 2000s. The glory days. Oh my God! You know what mine's gonna be, and this this is like a probably a bad obsession for me because I mean, but it's good. Whatever. Uh, the Kardashians. I'm literally the new one. Never seen a single. The episode. new season starts started yesterday. started yesterday. Oh, I, did you watch it? I watched it before we came here to record. <laughs> <laughs> I was super excited. I couldn't wait any longer. So I was like, might as well. Mine would if we're picking favorite two thousands reality shows. Mine would be. Probably like a a big clump of of the like I love money charm um, school, charm school rock of love, rock of love. Yeah. Yes. I didn't really love rock of love and flavor of love as much as I loved all of the shows that came after that with the people that were on those shows. I prefer but charm rock school. Of love. Charm school was so good. Oh, so good. We can't. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes JD types something on his phone and shows it because he doesn't want his voice to hear. The Swan. I forgot about the Swan. That's the one where they like transform you. Yeah, they right? give you a full like plastic different. surgery. Yeah. Plastic surgery? Pla- yes. Like they, you're gone for like, I, th- I think like a month Months or two. And they, they like give you like this what? exercise regime and they give you plastic surgery and you come back a completely different person. I hope they pay for it all. We should I watch some sure. of that. Yeah, they pay for all God, of God, could you imagine getting that bill in like three months after the show? They're like, you owe us $75,000. really <laughs> glad you're pretty now. Please give us all of this money. Better start your OnlyFans because you owe us this much. <laughs> Here's your bill. Thanks for, thanks for coming. All right, so enough about reality television. Uh, Rhoda, you have been a part of the Knoxville performance art scene for quite some time now. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So um, it kind of started, oh my gosh, like I guess more than a decade ago. I didn't even think about that. Um, I just answered a casting call, and I always had an interest in burlesque, and I Entered a casting call and then got sucked into the world and it was awesome. Um, and I was in it for less than a year and an opportunity popped up and they're like, we need an, an, an MC. And I was like, well, I'll do it. And that simple thing changed my life because from that point forward, that's kind of what I kind of poured my energy into. Um, and I actually was very lucky because I had a great mentor. They didn't know that they were mentoring me, but I would go to their shows and watch them and be like, wow, what a, what a great MC that person is. And we should really be friends. Um, and as it turns out, it was James. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was mean to me. We won't go into that. Uh, No, we can go into it. (laughs) (laughs) Our... Our relationship started out kind of rocky. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. With uh, a little bit of Facebook drama and me doing what I always do, which is like stand up for my friends. But in this situation, I didn't dig deep enough into the actual reality of things. And I kind of popped off on the internet and. And uh, you had an honest and natural reaction about something that would normally probably be right about any other person. (laughs) It was was incorrect about me. Um, And so I was like, well, James hates me now. This is this is it. And then uh, that was in like an October. 
And then we signed on to do a, a Salome Cabaret show in December. And Anne and myself were terrified to walk into rehearsal that day. Like, absolutely terrified. Because we were like, all of these people hate us. What are we even doing here? How did we get here two months ago? They were slamming us on, on the internet, you know? And we showed up. And uh, James was wearing a shirt um, that had our troop on it that we were part of, the, the group that we belonged to. I was trying to say so, show support. And he was like, oh, look, I'm wearing your shirt. And we're like, we're not with them anymore. <laughs> they had just left that group. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're like, that's why we're here. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, you know, it's funny because we ended up going to a burlesque festival in March the following year. And, um, like, a day or two before we left, James called me and was like, can I, can I stay in the room with you? And we were like, this is weird, but okay, this is an olive branch. Well, we can kind of repair and it, move forward. It, we had, somebody else was supposed to stay in your room. And yeah, then they when they terrible. when they got there, they were terrible. And they took my spot in my room that I was supposed to stay in because they got there before I did. And when I got there, I didn't have a place to stay. And I was like, and um, a, a mutual friend, Ebony, who's somebody I've known since high school, was staying with them. And I was like, can I just sleep in this bed with Ebony? And then we had the best weekend of our entire lives. And then for literally the next two years after that, I spent every weekend with, with Rhoda. <laughs> also, it's funny too, because how many beds have you shared with Ebony since that day? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, how, many? how long ago was this? Seven years ago? Fifteen, I think. Eight years yeah. ago? Eight wow. years ago, yeah. nine years ago, I don't know, something like that. Okay, but we meant to talk about your performance art. Yeah, okay. we made it. We made it about me, sorry. <laughs> Actually, I think I made it about you, if it makes you feel any well, better. thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I got involved in performance art, and it, it really just kind of changed my mind. It was something that I, I did in high school, and I just kind of fell off of um, after high school, and it was great to be able to pick it back up and reconnect. And it's really kind of what helped me transition from my small town life to yeah. living in, I don't want to say a big city because Knoxville's not a big city, but it's harder to make friends as an adult. I think everybody knows that. And um, I had suffered a great loss of someone in my family that actually lived with me. And I had moved to Knoxville and I was kind of starting over. Um, and I took a chance and kind of dove into this. And I would not have the friends that I have today if I had not taken that chance. It completely changed everything about my life. And I have uh, James to thank for that. And I would also like to thank uh, Bob Barker <laughs> and um, Gene Rayburn and uh, Jeff Propes. So. <laughs> Isn't it funny how... Because those are all people that I grew up idolizing. Also, Mark Summers Mark from Summers, Double Dare. Yes. And it wasn't until a few years in, really, honestly, like, probably six or seven years into me and seeing that I realized that it's something that I'd always enjoyed. I'd always it was loved. Always there. Yeah, it was always there. For sure. Going back to, like, you know, you grew up watching these people on TV and you didn't realize that you were actually taking notes. Yeah. You know? Um, and I did. I'm so, so grateful for that. I, I you know... I won't be like Richard Dawson and kiss everybody, though, unless they want me to. Unless they want you to. <laughs> and I will. Could you imagine doing that? Like, there's 300 people in the audience, and you're just, like, walking by, just kissing, kissing everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> so we work on a lot of projects together. Basically, every project 
I have or every project you have, we here we are. We, we doing work one on, right, yeah, now. right now. <laughs> um, and something that we do together um, that I really enjoy is every October we do Rocky Horror Picture Show together. How did you get started with that? We know now that that was your queer awakening. So it was something that was always clearly in the cards for you. But how did you get started with it? So um, Anne and myself had just started dating. Um, we had been dating probably eight or nine months at this point. And uh, she had a friend who was also a mutual friend of yours, Oak Ridge people. And her friend was just kind of like, hey, we're doing this Rocky thing. Would you guys want to come be Phantoms, you know, Transylvanians? And we were like, sure, this sounds fun. So we went and we did it and it was a lot of fun. Um, we performed at the Tennessee Theater and performing at the Tennessee Theater in front of a sold out Clark crowd of 1500 people rocky horror is just an absolutely incredible oh, feeling it's so amazing yeah jd is like looking at me from across the table with like feels in his eyes <laughs> yeah i can see it he's been in the cast uh several almost every time that that almost we've done every it year, yeah and the tennessee theater in general is my favorite place in knoxville like just walking into the lobby every time i it's get a little gorgeous. bit teary-eyed because it's so beautiful and yeah you're right like i in the past have played eddie <clears throat> and it's the smallest part in the whole show, but it's, it's. You're a rock star, though. Everybody like coming out on stage and hearing fifteen, sixteen hundred people just like screaming for you. It's it's incredible. It's it's <laughs> it's they're so great. They're actually screaming for Meatloaf. I hate to no, tell you. No, they're that. screaming for me. I heard at least <laughs> oh, one meatloaf. person yell, "Big Gay James." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing experience, and, and what's so great about Rocky is that you see. Um, a lot of times we have folks who come in who have also shared uh, this experience and love for Rocky um, from a, a young age, you know, puberty on. Sometimes it starts even earlier than that, but usually about puberty is when you kind of stumble into it and you're like, what is this, you know? Um, and they come into Rocky and maybe they're kind of um, a little bit quiet and withdrawn, just very meek. There's no self-confidence really. Um, they come in and they audition and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I know, baby, it's okay. And then like they, they come in and then they have this experience. And even though we're in rehearsal every week and you're kind of standing by strangers and you're like, I don't, I'm, I'm just going with this. I don't know what's happening. And then you get through the performance and what happens is something in the hour and 41 minute runtime that happens when you perform, um, something changes inside of you. And once that switch has been flipped there's no going back from it yeah we've seen so many people go from shy auditions and being like quiet transylvanians in the background to like a year two or three years later being like frankenfurter or playing like a, a main role you know and like it's so great to see everybody's individual journey every year yeah i love it i i think about um I'm just going to throw her out here, but Lenora Adora, when she first came in and she was a Transylvanian. Um, and then since then she has been Janet and Columbia and Magenta, you know, like she just kind of made the rounds. Yeah. Um, and it really speaks to her Testament and not only her dedication as a performer, but what Rocky means to her and how it transformed her life. You know, it's, uh, there's a, actually a publication called uh, Rocky Horror Saved My Life. And I think that there are so many people that really that sentence kind of resonates with them. I love that. And I love seeing seeing different people play different roles every year. JD, I think, has played three. He's played Rocky, uh, Dr. Scott, and, and the narrator. The narrator. Three different. Yeah. 
Oh, and, oh, and Trixie. Trixie. Yes. And Trixie, I forgot about that. I well, remember. It, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I remember watching because I've only seen like the Shadow Cast a handful of times. Um, like I think the first time was at uh, Edge when it was Edge, mm-hmm. um, and then I remember watching it at uh, the Concourse. I didn't even know you then. And then Sam Duff Park, and I was like, it's so incredible to like see my friends up there like doing such good work, and then watching, literally watching Jocelyn like just murder this yeah number. she was great she was a great she murder. did amazing in this role and then watching um lenora do um janet and i was like this is this is impeccable like i i just love watching you all get up there and the real perform. mvp of the satanic mechanics which is the group that we're in though is Anne because she knows every role and every time anyone needs to step in and play a part she is always the first one to say that she'll do it and yeah, we had um, our riffraff this past year couldn't make it to one of our shows, and he was like, "Well, I'm gonna do it." And not only, not only did she do that and step up like that, she also makes all—I don't want to say she makes all the costumes from scratch. She makes a good deal of the costumes from scratch, and she alters the rest of them for people. So she pours in a whole lot of work. She's kind of like the, you know, the silent dark horse. You know, she's she is pulling in so much work in the background that people can't even see. Um, I don't know what I would do without her. So, Miss, yeah, she makes beautiful everything outfits. It, it's the way she does your nails that I've seen, and like I'm just like, oh my gosh, can you stop being so talented? Yeah, she got a lot. Of, she got a lot of talent. <laughs> so, speaking of shows, do you have any shows coming up that you would like to talk about? I do. I do have a show coming up. You guys were talking about um, Jocelyn, and that's where the show is going to be is at South Press. On um, June 10th, we are doing a queer-centric show. We'll have queer performers. We've got burlesque and drag. We're bringing in Rula Roulette, who is one of my favorite performers and friends from Atlanta. Um, Everyone in the cast is queer, um, and 100% of the proceeds will go right back to Knox Pride. So it's a super cool um, fundraiser event. Um, We're just going to have some, like, you know, big queer energy um, and put the show together. So you should check it out. We've got an event on Facebook. Um, and I you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and see I posted it too. But June 10th, June 10th at South Press. You oh. can see me there too. I'm actually in that show as well. So it has the full cast list been like announced or anything like that? Because I'm really excited about one in particular. Yeah, I think it's, it's all on the internet. Really yeah. super I mean, James, that's right? that is my Betsy, but my husband's going to be back in the show. He's he's putting his pasties back on. He is, uh, and I'm super excited to see Dustin get out there. I'm super excited stuff. too, um, because we had we wanted to ask him to be in the show, but we were like, we don't want him to feel pressured or like you know, like has he had enough of a break? And we were just at, at an event, and he was like, "Are you fully cast?" And I was like, "No." I was like, "You?" And he was like, "Yes." <laughs> and I was like, "Perfect." I remember perfect. him talking about it. He was like, "So I think I'm gonna do Rhoda's show." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, let's let's do it. Like, I, I, whatever you need." I, I just I love watching him perform. I love watching my friends perform too. But to see my my sexy husband up there and just doing his thing, I absolutely love it. I love when when I, I love when Dustin becomes Barry, <laughs> and he always steals the show. People eat it up. Yeah. People eat it up. I love him. So, performer, producer, all kinds of behind the scenes stuff that you do, but also you're a title holder. 
Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) You are the current reigning, because they haven't brought it back since the pandemic, you are the current reigning Tennessee trash, correct? Yes. Let's hear about that. Tell us about that. I just love the name of this title. (laughs) I'm just obsessed with that, but go ahead. So, um, yeah, it is just a, 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 a little stupid drag pageant that when it was announced, I was like, that's for me. <laughs> that is for <laughs> me. And um, I did it the first year and I just barely missed out on the crown. And I was like, but that's for me, you know, <laughs> that's for me. So the second year came around and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did it and I ended up winning. Um, which was incredible because um, I appreciate drag. I do not consider myself necessarily to be a drag performer. And although this was a drag-centric pageant, it was not only drag performers. It just turns out that I was the only one who was not a drag performer. <laughs> um, and so to be able to come into that kind of environment, which is completely different than what I was used to, A, I've never been much of like a competitor or pageants or anything like that. I don't fit the quote unquote type for that. Um, so uh, it was great to come into a pageant that I was like, yes, this is, this is something for me. This is something that I can do. Um, I know about being Tennessee trash. I was born, raised, bred and will die Tennessee <laughs> trash. Especially coming from the same County we did like that. Exactly. <laughs> Understandable. The, the lowdown County. <laughs> the lowdown County. So um, it was a lot of fun and <laughs> completely stupid. I I fell on stage. It's the only time in my life that I have fallen on stage. Oh my god! I entered. I entered the stage. I stood there for about four seconds, and I just straight up fell. You what? you were wearing like six wearing, inch heels. I was wearing <laughs> I was wearing six inch pleasers, and that I had practiced walking in like for like weeks like every day I would put them on walk around my house and be like okay I hit my quota 10 minutes I only need to wear these for like two minutes on stage we're good the curtain I go through the curtain I stand there in all my glory I'm letting folks take it in and what in me and she's also wearing a string bikini it was not a string bikini (laughs) but it was a fringe hot pink bikini and I had this crazy blonde trashy wig on I also put um self-tanner well actually Ann helped me on this <laughs> self-tanner all over my body so I was the color of a certain former president <laughs> <laughs> and I have this pink bikini on these pleasers I'm standing there everybody's going crazy because I look stupid in all the best ways and then boom I just did a death drop not intentionally I completely that wasn't even moving I was I didn't even take a step I just fell But it looked like it was on purpose. And what happened was I I had put my wig on. I'm a huge proponent of like, you always want to make sure your wig is secured. Yeah, right. I was like, I'm only going to wear this wig for a minute and a half. I'm parading around and I've got a quick change after this. So I'm not going to worry about, um, you know, securing my wig down. Well, what happened when I fell? I hit the ground so hard that my wig popped off my head like a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) So here I am. Everybody is going crazy because they think that I did it on purpose. And all I could think about was how am I going to stand up? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like how how am I going to stand up? 
Um, I just straight up took that wig and put it back on my head and acted like I did it. I meant to do it all on purpose. Like I meant to. And they ate it. And they did. And nobody knew. Um, I, I get up to the dressing room and I am beating myself up. I'm like, oh, Anne, I can't believe I did that. I just ruined it. I, I've worked so hard on this and I just ruined it in the first 20 seconds. Like, and she was like, it's okay. It's okay. Nobody knows. Everybody thinks you did it on purpose. And I was like, that's that's not true. And she was like, do you see the, the performer that's on stage right now after you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, they, they're not even watching them because they're still talking about what just happened. And I'm like, oh, you're just trying to make me feel better. Um, and then at the end of the pageant, you know, you get all of your judges notes. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. That was so good. How did you do that? Except for one judge who I'm pretty sure I know who it is. I could not pull the wool over their eyes. But they were like, you did not do that on purpose. <laughs> was it me? I judged that year. No, I think it I think it was Tony. Oh, OK. <laughs> I think it was Tony to be like, you did not do that on purpose. I don't think you did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I judged that year and it was difficult because we... I couldn't tell you anything. Yeah, we, I didn't know anything. We ha basically had to not hang out not for the for like first... Month. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. While she was getting ready for the pageant because I we wasn't allowed to, to know fair. anything. Yeah, right. I, wanted it, I didn't want anyone to accuse me of voting my... My bestie. It was so hard because he's usually like my sounding board for right. ideas, you know, and like I, I, I didn't have that. Like I was like I didn't have my James in my corner, you know. I couldn't tell him anything. And then um, and then you won. No <laughs> won. And I, then you won. I won a crown with a monster, a rhinestone monster truck on it. Uh, if you'll send me a picture, I'll post it with this okay. episode on Instagram so the <laughs> crowd can see the the crowd, so the <laughs> listeners can see the glory of that that crown that you have in your in your curio cabinet yeah, it, it is I, I came i brought it straight in and put it straight in my curio cabinet i'm like if my granny could see me now it's the only crown i ever get in my life so <laughs> wait be so proud was this crown in the shape of a monster truck or was there a monster truck on it that was rhinestone it has a monster truck on it that is rhinestone so that's awesome yeah it's ridiculous um it's a lot of fun i would really love for them to try to bring that pageant back um just because it was just it's stupid. It's, you know, I, I'm, I support drag in all, all areas and all kinds of different drags. And I, and I love and appreciate going to more traditional pageants. But like I said, they're not for me. And, and pageants like this that are silly and stupid give um, the comedians out there a chance to kind of come forward and shine too. So it was a great, a great experience. And I would love to see it back in Knoxville. I love that. I think that'd be a really cool thing to see. Like, not your, you know, your quote unquote typical pageant. Like, I mean, there shouldn't have to be a box that people have to fit in, obviously, like in, in this day. But I think that would be a really cool thing to come back. I, I can't wait to see these. Bring photos. it back. Who produced that? I can't remember who produced that. It was Geneva and um, Corey. And oh, I forgot Corey's husband. David. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah. And um, yeah, so they should bring that back. And what else was great was that you got to see so many different interpretations of what trash meant, you know, and how, how people, some people went kind of literal with it. Some people <laughs> wore things on stage they probably shouldn't wore on stage. <laughs> um, you know. Somebody just sat and ate Taco Bell for their talent. <laughs> and it wasn't you. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Like, when I, I got there and I was like, oh, what did I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> 
They even had like they had one of those uh, dogs from the nineties, the Yokiera dogs that like talked. And they had like <laughs> the Taco Bell a Chihuahua. purse that they had made out of um, packets of sauce. I love that. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, I guess since this is the Knox Pride podcast, we should talk about some of the things that you do here at Knox Pride. You do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You do a lot of the the like graphic design and things like that, right? So I do. I do a um a lot. I do do a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, primarily, you know, print materials for Pride. Some of the graphics. A lot of that, you know, John has kind of taken on himself and managing that since he's here day to day. Um, but I am willing to help out. I kind of helped launch some of the services um, when we first opened um, the Pride Center. Um, and it's a great time. It's definitely a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And for all of you listeners out there who are wondering how, if, when, where you can get involved with Knox Pride, I strongly recommend you just come on down to the center, see what it's about, check it out, and get involved. See what you can bring and how can you help even if it's just you know the simplest things like standing there working security checking badges or whatnot um it's a great experience and it's a good way to give back to your community not only give back to your community but help develop your community into what you want it to be and most people probably know you from emceeing actual pride fest you've done that is this this year will be your fifth year doing that is that right no 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 um so i the first year I did it was 2019, and then, of course, we had a break. And then um, I was one of the MCs last year for the main stage. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess it's just I've just done it two years oh, okay. so far. Well, what um, what are some of the highlights for you from Pride Fest as, from, the, from the MC point of view? For me, for sure, it's um, about being up on stage and feeling the energy of the crowd. There really is kind of a certain electricity that passes through the crowd at, at Pride Fest um, that is cannot be duplicated. It is lightning in a bottle, and I wish that I could bottle it and share it with the whole entire world, um, regardless of where you might be in your life. Um, there is a certain kind of magic of people coming together to celebrate love in all forms and spreading that message. And it makes for a really incredible experience. Um, so that's the main part. Um, and there have been lots of cool opportunities, though. Um, the fact that I got to MC uh, Vanji was incredible. Like that was just an incredible experience. Love that. Uh, it was. Uh, there was a lot of hot messes going on backstage, not beyond anybody's control. Her her flight was delayed, um, so it was kind of like we were juggling a lot of balls. Um, no pun intended <laughs> but you know there was a lot going on um but it was an, an incredible experience and, and same thing with ada vox who was just an absolute angel um backstage this past year we had big dipper who um is not i'm not necessarily big dipper's demographic but i was like i am in love yeah. it's so funny i actually picked up his set list it's laying on my desk at home right now cuz i'm like i have big dipper set list oh i love that <laughs> i felt like a groupie and i'm like i i just really fell in love with you like last week but i am in love with you just so you know so i didn't get to see him perform we've talked uh in the past on the podcast about how like how much we love working pride fest and and all of the things that we get to do. But one of the downfalls of Pride Fest is that us as a group of friends, because we are sort of running everything, we don't really get to spend 
pride fest with each other. We don't get to quote unquote enjoy it yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the way that tr- traditional folks do. I think uh, uh, our enjoyment of it comes after it's over. And I mean that in the best way possible because it is a feeling of, you know, it's like you go to the gym or somebody goes to the gym and works out and when you get done, you know, you, you get in your car and you're like, oh my God, I feel so dead, but I feel so good. And that's what it feels like yeah, when absolutely. Pride Fest is over. Like and we you always, are dead, but we always do get to find small moments where we do all get to be together and it, share a it cookie almost, from yeah, Mama Bear. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. It almost feels like those moments are more special because they're, there's, they're few and far between during the festival. Not that we, I mean, we love the festival and we love putting on the festival, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. People, people just, you really can't know until you kind of dig into it and become part of it. And yeah. it's so much more than people can imagine. It's so much more, even after doing it for several years, it's more than any of us can imagine. Right. You never know when you're going to get a curveball. Um, but I love the way that it brings our community together. I love the way it gives me the opportunity to, meet with other performers that I don't normally get to work with. You know, there are tons of local queens here that we're just kind of in, in different circles with our performance circles, you know, um, that they are performing in groups that I've, I've never been a part of. And then I perform in groups that are just different. So it kind of gives everybody a chance to kind of come together and share that love of performance art um, and then share it with all of Knoxville as well. So I love all of that. Something just totally random that reminded me of this past um, Pride Fest was I think it was after the first night and literally we all have been there for 14, 15 hours at this point. At least. But I remember all of us just hanging out, having pizza, like by the the drink stations. And we're all just like literally hanging out for like 30, oh, yeah, 40 that minutes. Was, that was the night before the festival. Oh yeah. That's what the it was. Call they, before yeah. The, the call before the storm. And it was pitch black outside and we were all just like, it, it was a cool breeze and we were all just sitting there wherever we could because there weren't any chairs out. Some of us were sitting on the ground. Some of us were sitting in golf carts. Yeah. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So so if you want free pizza, <laughs> volunteer. <laughs> Come volunteer. Because this stuff does not take a week to plan. It is literally six, six seven months in advance to do and plan Pride at Fest. At least. At least. I mean, really, there's a certain element a planning that starts the day after it ends. Yeah. You know, and that's lining up what what it's going to look like for next year. So if you want to volunteer, you can send me the volunteer coordinator an email at volunteer at knoxpride.com. Yeah, because I, I feel like we all feel like Santa Claus after Christmas. We're like, <laughs> okay, let's, we got 364 more days until we get to start all of this all over again. And you're like, don't worry about it. The elves will take care of everything between now and then, except for you're also the elf. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, the elves are Rhoda, James, Matt, Jacob, John, Dustin, Tracy, Barry, it's all of us. Jordan. All of us. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you would like to see in the future for Knox Pride and the Pride Fest? So I think something that I would really like to see more of in our community on a whole is I would love to see more not only more participation, but more services for um, senior queer community yeah um i would love to see um an involvement there um and help you know a lot of people who are older never had we're very fortunate with what we have here and what we have here now in this time and space 
And a lot of people who are older have never had anything like this before. Mm -hmm. So I would love to get some of those folks involved um, so that they can see this is where we're at now. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, maybe you didn't have this growing up or I didn't have this growing up, but we're providing um, a space for folks who are, you know, the up and comers, if you will, the next generation of, of queer folks um, to come in and creating a safe space for them and holding that space for them. And then also through that, those folks can see the joy that we see and express that and, and, and share in that experience as yeah. well about how far we have truly come not only since Stonewall, but in the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, and this is still a fight that we're still going through currently. Yeah. Like this is never going to stop. I mean, currently right now it's about, um, trans folk and, um, drag performers. I mean, what's what's it going to be next? You know, the thing, the thing is, is that, it is now a fact that history will always repeat itself Absolutely. no matter what we do. So, and we have to just be able to look at the past and learn how to deal with it when it does come back because it will always come back. So, James, what would be something that you're looking forward to with Knox Pride and Pride Fest? I want to know. Oh. You put me on the spot. I did. I, I'm just well, going I'm off not, the record. I don't know because we're not really sure yet what Pride Fest is going to look like. I'm right. not sure. I also in the past have done a lot of emceeing. Um, but this year I took on volunteer coordinator. So I'm not sure that I will be performing or emceeing at all this year. I might just be coordinating all the volunteers. But I'm just looking forward to spending the weekend with with you guys and with my chosen family and doing the best we can to make sure that everybody has a, a good time. It It is going to be different this year. There is going to be a lot more, more of like, I think a protest feel to things. You yeah. know, we have a lot of things to say and we are going to get loud about it, you know? So right. I suppose the answer to the question is I'm just excited to see the evolution of it because there will be a big one this year. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Cause I, what I'm looking forward to is the evolution of Knox pride itself. You know, like we've all talked about, you know, expanding because we have so much to offer with such little space. And that's the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is hopefully within the next, what are we almost by the time this episode comes out, it's June. So six more months left in the year. So I'm hoping in the next six months that we have more space to do more things for more people. Maybe even a dedicated podcasting space. Because what our listeners don't know is that we're currently sitting in the middle of the Knox Pride Thriftique at a table with microphones in front of us. But how great would it be if we had an actual studio someday? And I I would love that. I would love for people to come in, like our guests and us to come in and like feel like they're actually in like, you know, recording studio, you know, instead of like at a breakfast table uh, near the bathrooms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of that, if you want to contribute to Knox Pride podcast, we have unlocked direct listener support and there will be notes about that in the comments and in the show notes if you want to learn a little bit more. I've got one last question for you before we go, Rhoda. Let's do it. Would you rather 
bake and decorate a tiny cake with oversized hands or an oversized cake with tiny hands? You know, I think really I would like to bake a regular size cake with your hands. Oh, <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> I want to hear more about this. Yes, me too. I don't know that you do. Do you want to, re- <laughs> do you want to remove my hands? Yes. And replace your hands with, so we're both no. removing our hands. No, you're holding my bloody, my bloody <laughs> hands. Maybe with like a popsicle stick shoved up oh. in it, you know? Okay, that's fine with me as long as you replace my hands with like tiny hands. I was thinking like bread knives. Okay, Mm. well that was not the knife I was expecting. No, no. What about like with like little toothpicks? (laughs) That'd be fun, right? Little toothpicks. (laughs) Yeah, it's time to go, Rhoda. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you, and we love you. I love you all, and I love all the listeners too, and all of my Knoxville queer friends out there. Everybody's great. So, live, laugh, love, (laughs) y'all. Hey, James, can you hand me that microphone cord on the bottom shelf? I sure can. Oh, no. I ripped a huge hole in my pants. Well, that's embarrassing. What am I going to do, Matt? I wish there was somewhere I could find reasonably priced work clothes in a pinch. Haven't you heard of the Knox Pride Thriftique? I haven't. What's that? The Knox Pride Thriftique offers unique vintage finds and your everyday clothing and accessory needs. Plus, every dollar spent helps fund programs at Knox Pride. That sounds pretty great, Matt. What are their hours? The Knox Pride Thriftique is open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Stop in or visit knoxpride.com for more information. James. Yes, Matt? You know what time it is? It's 8.14. No, it's calendar time. Oh, calendar time. Pew, 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 pew. I can't believe it's already June. I know. So tomorrow night, June 2nd, we've got Knox Pride's third annual zoo night at the Knoxville Zoo from 5 to 9. And on June the 3rd, we have three events that day. We have the Knox Pride volunteer days from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., the Knox Pride presents Trans NB Support Group from 1 to 3 p.m. And we have the One Knox Soccer Game Benefit for Knox Pride from 5 to 7. On the 4th of June, we've got the Knox Pride Market from 12 to 4 and movie night in Sam Duff Park that evening. On June the 8th, we have the River and Rail Knox Pride Food Drive at the Old City Performing Arts Center from 7 to 10 p.m. On June 10th at Southbreast, we've got Queer, a Burlesque and Drag Review, benefiting Knox Pride. On June the 11th, we have Knox Pride Presents Pride Drag Brunch at Southpress from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Also on June the 11th, we have Rise and Knox Pride Presents A Conversation on Elder Care with the Golden Girls from 4 to 7 p.m. On June 13th, we've got Knox Pride Presents TTRPG One Shot with Story from 5 to 9. And on June the 15th, we have Capturing Pride, a history of Knox Pride photography exhibit and panel from 7 to 8.30 p.m. As always, for more information on these and more events, visit knoxpride.com.
Oh, I just absolutely loved having Rhoda in the studio. That was so much fun. I uh, know. It, it was wonderful to get to catch up with her. It's been forever. So I guess that's all we have for you uh, for this episode. Before we do go, though, I want to let you know about something kind of cool, pretty cool, that's happened at Knox Pride. In early May, the community fridge was launched. It's right outside of Knox Pride Community Resource Center. It's a joint venture between Knox Pride, the Knox County Health Department, and the city of Knoxville. It's designed to offer 24-7 fresh food for our houseless community in the area or anyone who needs it in the area. It's fully driven by the community. Uh, it's also the first one in Knoxville, I believe. So special thanks to um, Beardsley Farms for agreeing to do a weekly drop-off of fresh produce. And if you need anything, you can come and just get it from the fridge. No questions asked. And if you have any other questions about it, you can feel free to email us at um, info at oxpride.com. And also, please don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at. Um, it would be greatly appreciated, especially on Apple, because that's where it counts. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. And Matt, thanks for being here with me again. I love doing this with you, James. Oh. And until next time, we see you, we hear you, and, and we, we love, love you. you. Knox Pride Podcast is produced by J.D. Davis, Matt Navarro-Camp, and James Owens with recording and engineering by J.D. Davis. Knox Pride Podcast is a community-driven effort, and we need your help. Please email us at podcast at knoxpride.com with any questions, ideas for guests, or suggestions on content. And don't forget to follow us at Knox Pride Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Knox Pride Podcast is brought to you by Knox Pride Network with funding from the United Way. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Knox Pride.